It's Monday, January 4th, 13th, something like that, 2014. We almost had it. <laughs> yeah, I was so close. It is the year 2027. I am But your... the numbers are so close. It's 2013 and 2014, <laughs> or, or January 13th and 2014. Yeah. These numbers the just keep on getting, getting more and more confused. I'm your host, Kwan Bashir, and uh, joining me, I'm going to say both your names, Dragonson, 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 Fusion? <laughs> Wait for it. Ha! Okay. Just like I, I confused with apples. Apples? Oh gosh. Oh god. Apples. Not, oh gosh. I, oh gosh. I don't even oh. Know. For everyone so who was on Twitter, you know the horror. Ugh. So Quadra well, okay, using LSD. When did that happen? Like, I actually just, I, I, I saw the stuff going on. I wasn't there for when it started. Like, what sparked that? So I woke up Thursday As an morning uh, at about 5 a.m. Oh, wow. Uh, and I had this weird dream where <laughs> I was standing on the banks of the Ohio River in downtown Louisville, my, my hometown where I'm from. Okay. And I was with somebody. I want to say it was Kratos. Kratos? Like, like not not his like, character. Like, I think we were both well, Kratos. Oh, Kratos. I thought um, he said Kratos, yeah. the god of war. I was like, no, what? No, it was not the god of war. <laughs> it's just... He was not trying to kill all of my friends and family. Oh, gosh. Um, but yeah, for, uh, for whatever reason, that's the name that was making me think I was with, hmm. who I was with. Um, but all of a sudden, looking north, looking to the right, um, coming from, you know, from the north, right. uh, northeast, there suddenly appeared a wall uh, about 20 feet high <laughs> and I guess the, the, the width of the river uh, entirely of apples huh. that were flowing and, <laughs> and you know, kind of coming That's this great. way, swarming this way down the river. Um, and it just kind of ended up sweeping up, you know, knocking down the bridges and, and sweeping up everyone in, in the boats and, and apparently we got swept up in it too. Cool. Um, <laughs> That's awesome, actually. I'm trying to picture it in my head. <laughs> and so I woke up and thought that was a weird I'm dream. I'm going to be an and apple I must, today. So I, well, I thought, well, I must do something. What would I do? And of course, I did what everyone else would do in that situation. <laughs> I tweeted about it. Yay, yes. You know what? Uh, dreams are just the regurgitation of the things we go through in a day. So I mean, just trying That's... to pick that apart. Yeah, you like dreams are kind of the regurgitation of things we've done in life and things we've done in the day. So like, it'll be like twisted in things, but like. Well, let's say you went to X convention one year and you did something there. That might show up in your dream sometime down the road, but it might not be instantly recognizable. That's why a dream journal and things, if you keep them, you can pick apart your dreams and then get closer to lucid dreaming and things. But uh, Okay, well, Professor Kinson diagnosed this one because this is the first dream that I've been able to remember in like two years. Oh, gosh. I took a nap earlier today, uh-huh. and I had a dream 
where I was, I guess I was playing some kind of virtual reality game, but I didn't know it was a virtual reality game. And I was like a, like a dragon hatchling that was carrying around this bag of like coins and stuff. And I was being chased by a cross of the Grim Reaper and a snowman that was trying to kill me with a giant scythe. And I was running through like this crazy like obstacle course slash like Mario Kart racetrack where there are parts where it like go totally vertical and I'd have to fall down and climb back up. And I was terrified to lose these coins for some reason because I'm a dragon, dragon and I freak out if I lose my money and the whole time this thing is trying to kill me and I'm scared as hell but it's not like that nightmare I wake up scared kind of scared it's, it's like, like what the, the I'm examining it from the outside kind of scared okay diagnose diagnose uh well you're a dragon so that fits the part where you're a dragon hatchling like your persona and things you constantly see yourself like in art and things as a dragon so that's persona. that I don't know if you've played any like weird, twisted Mario platformers recently, but a game or something, or maybe a video you watched, like, like made that happen, and then the whole thing with the Grim Reaper and the Scythe and the Snowman, maybe you were terrified of the Abominable Snowman as a child, or I you just not. have this, this, no, no, you're, you hate the cold, there you go, moving on, so, like, that, that just reminded me of something really interesting, uh, one of my friends, Wolfie friend, Hab, he actually told me about uh, several dreams he's had, and he's the one who told me that whole thing, like, the basic, you know, what you dream is pretty much, you know, experiences or things like what you've taken in, because your brain is a computer, practically. What you input, you know, gets around process, and then you output stuff. Well, dreams is kind of the, it's output, but it's not really, it's, it's just, it's kind of regurgitating stuff, and it's resting and things. So he said, I've dreamed several times, and you're not supposed to do this, I've heard. I've dreamed that I have died. I know what it feels like to die. Like, I've gotten crushed in one of them, I've gotten maimed in another, I've gotten mauled in the third one and stuff. He said, I don't even know what that means, but it's freaky. But I think that's, you can't say that you know what it is to die just because you dreamed about it, because, you know, that's... Yeah, if it, I mean, dreams can be incredibly realistic, though. Incredibly. But they're they're only realistic when they're based off of things that you can extrapolate from real life. Well, according to what he said... was... Has he died before in real life? No. Well, then he's not going to know that, that, That's why life. he's freaked out. Let's be objective about this. You can just, dream about all the physical that. sensations of things like being mauled or cut up or crushed or things like that because your brain knows how your nervous system would react when things like that happen to you. Right. But then, like, there's also the the part of your brain, which is the awesome part, which makes you dream, oh, look, I'm, you know, I'm 300 feet tall and I'm stomping around even though I'm not like that in real life. And it, it generates the feelings, well, too. You, like, may, you may not be. Huh? You may not be. May not be what? Oh, <laughs> Trust me, life. I wish. Well, maybe. Yes, I do. Okay. Anyway. So I'm I cry gonna... myself to sleep tonight thinking about it. <laughs> you and Begarian. <laughs> That's us writer's jobs. I'm going to go ahead and guzzle down Mountain Dew so that I can fall asleep without tears. So since we've inexplicably started talking about dreams, I'm going to actually tangent here for a second because there's something I want to share because I like sharing this. Uh, first off, all the things that I'm about to say are copyright Dragonian, and if you take them all, sue you and kill you. Um, there is actually a video game that I plan to make at some point that is based on one of the only dreams that I've ever been able to vividly remember. <gasps> and the, it's, it's vaguely got kind of a similar concept to Kingdom Hearts in a sense where there's like oh separated gosh. worlds that you're traveling to, but the difference is is that it's also got kind of like a personage feeling where there's oh. the real world where like you're running around doing stuff, 
And whenever you go to sleep, you go to the dream world. And the main character is one mm. of very few people that has the ability to travel to other people's dreams. In this case, through the use of a giant golden train. Like Spongebob. Or no, not nothing like Spongebob. Or... There is nothing at all in any way, shape, or form about How my idea that, like that has anything to do with Spongebob. <laughs> yes, it does. Admit it. It'll make you feel better. So, but is it, is it, is it like Mario and Luigi Dream Team? No. I've never played it's, that. It's going to have a more, like, serious tone about it, and it talks a lot about, like, lucid dreaming and things like that. Hey, Mario mm-hmm. and Luigi Dream Team gets pretty serious. And Luigi has a pretty interesting control over the dream. I swear, isn't there... I'm actually I'm there... playing it right now. <laughs> Gosh. Isn't there another, um, isn't there another game out there that basically has to do with the fact... Not, not what you were saying, Dragonian, but it has to deal with, like, what you do in this, not dream but other stasis like completely affects am i thinking of um am i thinking of what's it called inception or something you're talking about psychonauts Psychonauts, maybe psychonauts it is basically sort of okay has to do with uh going into other people's like perception of themselves or their their personas or whatever and uh you know in in each person depending on their personality has a different uh, type of uh, reality inside their head, like right. you know the the classic example that I think we brought up on the podcast before is when at some point he uh, Raz, the main character, is attacked by a lungfish, giant lungfish in real life. Well, when he actually goes inside the persona of the lungfish, yes, he sees that he's the giant, <laughs> and and lungfishopolis, the the people of lungfishopolis are are tiny and, and are being right. terrorized by him. And like, and, that, and that's that's kind of yes. like what we were saying with the whole thing about what you see in date in real life translates into dreams, but it can be twisted. I mean, that's what makes it fun. But like but, the thing that it was supposed to make my like my game design like more interesting and like different from other stuff is it's supposed to be an RPG, and the combat system is based all around the concept of lucid dreaming. Where if you're in your dream world, basically you're God. Like you can control everything if you know how to lucidly dream. But, like, you can change yourself if you're in someone else's lucid dream through lucid dreaming. And, like, the way that everyone fights is they use lucid dreaming to – I'm still working on names where They create a lucidity, which is basically a different version of themselves that has, like, supernatural powers like magic or they're super That's strong interesting. Or super it's fast. Kind of pulling a Saints Row 4, actually, if, so it's like, not, it's, if it's okay to tie that in. Yeah, it's not, it's not unsimilar to that. So, like, the main character, he's a furry. Like, that's actually part of the game. Yeah. Um, like, part of the story. So he turns himself into, like, Go an anthropomorphized, figure. like, Arctic fox that uses ice magic. And then there's, like, this little German girl who's actually, like, trapped in a coma. So she's always asleep and always in the dream world. Oh, wow. And because she was trapped in a coma and like she's, you know, had this really hard life, she's grown up like she's only, like, 10 years old. But she's wow. really, like, mature and hard and cold inside to deal with all that stuff. You've really and her loose. And her lucidity is a pretty, pretty princess that fights with, like, <laughs> light magic and healing. It's and like it's supposed to represent, like, her desire what? to want to how, add a, What? How is that – how is being a pretty – or presenting yourself as a pretty princess indicative of being mature and – It's an Because that's, like, about to it's, finish it's what I was going thing. to say is it's representing <laughs> the fact that what she wants to be is to have had a normal childhood yes. instead of having to harden herself emotionally to deal with the fact that she's been in a coma for most of her life. Kind of like Raz on Psychonauts. Like, it's the whole opposite thing. He got attacked by a lungfish, but then in the dream, he's actually the giant one and wreaking havoc. Yeah, kind of like, not a revenge so much, but more of like, I want to be this way, so hey, in my lucidity, I'm going to be that way. 
So, and then there's another character that's like the stereotypical nerd where he's kind of like weak and lonely and doesn't really have very many friends in real life. And he takes like the stereotypical I want to be like an action like RPG superhero kind of thing yeah. where he fights with like 8-bit style like old school RPG See? combat which will have a little bit of like fourth wall breaking like tongue-in-cheek stuff to his abilities <laughs> in the game. Nice. We've used that phrase I think kind of – it's been noticed uh, notable I guess or something. The tongue in cheek. We, we we've been using that quite a bit. I just yeah. Has someone thought. said something about it? Uh, well, okay. Um, why that? Never mind. Well, um, we've just been saying it. I've just noticed we've been saying it. Like even on Twitter. Like even yes, Matt it's Husky, things that said, it's things that people say. That's a phrase that people use in life. Yeah, actually, it's a somewhat common phrase. Before the podcast, I never really heard it actually. That's because you didn't know English before I taught it to you five nope. minutes before the podcast started. Uh, yeah, for everyone who's listening, um, English is actually my second language. Uh, my first language is cheetah ease, so forgive me if I don't make sense, which is probably close to 85% of the time. Maybe. So I want to go ahead and get started on reading all of these million emails. Well, we who cares have. what you think? Because <laughs> otherwise we'll be here forever. Yay! Um, especially that we had to delay a few from last time. But yeah, we got a lot of emails to go through. Yes. So, uh, and Quadra is the one I really want to read, yep, even though too. I can't really read it. Um... Yes. But I want to start with one that was a holdover from the episode before. So, but it's from Neve, uh, coming in about episode fourteen and fourteen point five. So he's going back a bit. Uh, but he wants uh, a very awesome and thought-provoking podcast indeed. I can see why you wanted to do this topic for so long, Dragonian. And I also agree with both you and Quandi that it is definitely something that could and should be addressed in many future podcasts. Let me also make a happy squee in Tauros' direction for bringing up The Indian in the Cupboard. It was one of my favorite books as a teenager and still is today. And while I agree the latter books weren't quite as good as the first, I still love the whole series, and I think it raises some very interesting points and ideas worth thinking about, particularly books four and five. Did either of you guys read the Indian in, in the cupboard? I forget what you guys said when Gordon. I, I said read the very first shamefully. Book. I have not. <laughs> I, I, I want to say I read. I never got to read any of the other ones. I know I read a, at least two of the sequels. I want to say I read all four and five. I don't really remember what happens in any of them, but I do remember them getting kind of weird in the hmm. the last books. I think it was one of those ones that kind of started as. A one idea for a book, and then it became popular, and so the author uh, kind of had to, you know, keep going and kind of yeah. ran out of steam at some point. Uh, the movie with the mouse on the sword, which I think we did actually get people talking about it on Twitter, but uh, the Tale of Despero. Yes, uh, yes. Never saw oh my read the gosh, books, heard it was really good. Kenson, this shouldn't be a surprise anymore, but I am totally on board for the protection angle. While it isn't re- the reason I'm a macro, it's one of the big things. No pun intended. I make certain to do while I am. One, one, taking care of my friends and loved ones, keeping them safe, Yes, is absolutely important to me. Must be the leonine pride thing. And it's only <laughs> when defending them from danger that I ever become a destructive macro. Amen. I'm only, I don't even like uh, that. The ones causing harm. Yes. Uh, one thing that didn't really get talked about much in the podcast, you touched on how those who became macros, micros, as well as those in their lives, could need therapy. Didn't we talk about, about that, though? I, we did talk about that, though. We, yeah. I don't know if we talked maybe in the, what he's about really saying. Not here. like the vast expanse that we might have for the others, but we did mention it. You talked about how those who have snapped could not be saved with therapy, which I didn't. Yeah, that's the only thing. I mean, me and Dragon. I was trying to guy, push it. Or you. One of you guys disagreed. <laughs> I was oh. trying to push therapy. Like, it can be done. We can save them. But and you then didn't you really go like, into no. how to prevent the snapping in the first place. Namely, right. where would the therapy consist of? That's true. How could you keep the, mac- the micro or normal compared to a macro? 
from feeling inferior and jealous? How could you keep the macro or normal compared to a micro from feeling superior and acting sociopathic because they can? Gee, you know, that might just real fast. We did mention it, and it would have to come down to the actual, the person themselves. Like, you know, their own choice. But moving on. It'd be hard to influence a macro, well, I guess. I do want to kind of kind of stay on that real quick. Just kind of, if, you know, the whole idea is like prevention is a lot easier than right. uh, repairing somebody. Rehabilitation. Yeah, rehabilitation, yeah. exactly, yeah. Uh, and, and that's why our the American prison system is so fucked up because we don't focus anything on prevention. Also, that's a problem with the American healthcare system now, that I think about it. But, um, Let's not get into that because that's a whole other thing. But, but the whole idea is that in both of those areas, the focus always is on what happens after something bad happens, not what you should do to prevent the thing from Ooh. happening in the first place. That's just too much. Too much of life is like that, you know, where you're trying to react as, as opposed to um, prevent. prevent or yeah. um, proact. And it's, it's amazing, like, um, in business and things, because, like, my entire degree, uh, half of it is, like, criminal justice. So one of my final projects along with it was to, like, come up with contingency plans for a mock company. And, like, there's a whole bunch of different things you can do to prevent disasters and things. But, like, that's, like, the only place I see it is businesses. Like, you would think prisons and other places and, like, even macro-micro, if it existed, like, prevention should exist. And that's very, very – it's a very true statement. It's not really one that's really thought of because no one's really like, hey, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have a disaster today. So we should prepare for it. Like, it's kind of on the back end of the mind. And then when it I happens, think, you're like, crap! Well, I think that it's... What do we do? There is a lot less of that in business than there probably should be. And a lot, maybe a lot less in the Yeah, I mean, it's, it's talked a at, lot. Talk look about. at Microsoft over the past two years. Oh, they, God, here we go again. It's so tiny. They came out with Windows 8, which they made a big push. They, they, they put all their eggs in the basket. Had no idea of the reaction that it would come, and, and did not do, I don't think, a good job of planning for handling that. Yeah. And that really hurt them. And eventually, they had to kind of make a mea culpa in, in with Windows 8.1 uh, this year. And then they did the exact same thing. Granted, a different department, but the exact same thing <laughs> with the Xbox One. Even before the Xbox One came out, where they had the whole oh, we're you know always online DR. You know, you can install the game there. And the video game community lost it, and yeah. and everyone uh, you know had their panties in a twist. And then Microsoft so... didn't really know how to react. And I think that the the interface, from what I hear, I don't have an Xbox One myself, but mm-hmm. the the interface has paid uh, because of the fact that they had to make this last minute change to get rid of the always on DM or DRM. Right. Um, and they didn't get a chance to actually polish the uh, the interface and the performance, so it's a lot slower than even like the 360 would in, in many cases would be. I refuse to accept that as justification because if they didn't have the time to polish something and make it work properly, they shouldn't have released it. I'm right. sick and tired of video game companies releasing shitty Oh, I'm not saying it's justified, products. but I'm saying well, that it's something – there's no way they could have – Right. Pushed back right. that date. They had to release that, especially because Sony was releasing theirs two weeks before. Right. Well, like that's that just made me think. Uh, allow me to attempt a segue. How? What would what would be things to like preventing macro micro? You know, snapping. Like, what would be some of the things that would basically be like, oh heck no, you better get the 
get that away from me, like cause a macro to basically snap faster. Kind of like what Xbox was doing, or Xbox, Microsoft was doing with the Xbox One, the whole freak out. And, I mean, realistically, and, there's no different from, like, a macro needing to deal with, like, anger issues than, like, a whole person would, except maybe on the scale. They right. would need to learn anger management techniques. They'd need to find an outlet for it. It's really the same thing. They would just have a more prominent need of it. But, like, what would be some of the things that would just set them off, I guess? And I think a lot of it also is things that are um, – you have to bring, you know, people together and, and have that kind of diversity in education, you know, of having – uh, macros and micros go up together because when you are around someone, you're a lot less likely to be afraid of them because you see them as a human being right. and you or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. And, and you don't have to uh, treat them as this kind of mysterious other that right. is someone to be afraid of. And, you know, I'm going to reiterate what I said back when we were talking about that real fast. Uh, to me, the only thing I could think of if I was in that situation, I would need a friend. If it's one, I don't care. I just need somebody who looks at me like I'm not an it, that I'm not an other. I will just want someone to love me. And that, truthfully, to me, as long as the macro or micro is still in their right mind, that would be the thing that would, truthfully, it would prevent, too. Because, let's say they haven't snapped yet. If they haven't snapped yet, that's still in the prevention stage. So, hey. get them a friend. I will hey guys. be a friend. You know what covered that really well? Matt, man. Never mind. Tap the crane. What? And Tap that leads us to our next episode <laughs> or, or next uh, email. Episode? Wow. Sorry. That yeah, was. We're going to skip the whole, a- the whole I like episode. Fast. Now. Stump, stump, stump. Spotty cat, fast cat, rawr. All right. So our next email is coming in from Ganny, the panda Ganny. cat. Hey, guys, it's Ganny. Uh, and he also wrote long. Everyone wrote really long. I love um, it, though. Like, I read these and I'm just like, you guys are the best. Thank you. So. This is all uh, uh, ones that are in response to episode 15, the question that we asked, which was... This kind of broke my heart when I read it, too. Gany, I love about you, but wow. Your, how you brought got into the, to the uh, fandom. So, so I'm going to go ahead and read this here. Uh, so as far as how I discovered the macro-micro stuff, well, no one actually told me about it. I discovered it for myself. At some point, along with my foot fetish, I got this interest in giants and stomps, probably because of, of stompy scenes sometimes put in cartoons. <laughs> And the interest was usually with anthro characters. I never really thought that was a big deal, but then all the kids around me at school started talking about those furry faggots. Looked into this around late middle school, early high school, I forget which, and when I discovered what they were talking about, it was a bit of of a shock to me. I had liked a lot of this stuff, but at the time, I realized by listening to people around me that being anything other than classic straight instantly made you a target, made you sick, made you need to be looked up, locked up, excuse me, made you need to be locked up. Made you need help. After asking about my likes in a way that made it seem I was talking about someone else, the answers I got, they made me hate myself. I spent, and I'm not exaggerating here, years trying to fix myself, punishing myself, trying to make my interest in furry macro-micro stuff go away, and at one point even wanting to kill myself for being so sick. Even a therapist I talked to said people who enjoyed this kind of thing were nothing but worthless deviants and bad people. I kept, you should sue him, by the way. Uh, I kept telling myself, I don't really like this. This is horrible. You're disgusting if you like it, thinking the repetition would eventually work. But it didn't. Then, one day, I just let go of the self-inflicted punishment and accepted that I liked it. And later, someone who remains a very dear friend of mine inspired me to finally join the furry fandom. From there, I started talking uh, more with macro and micro furs. Since then, it's been like a total transformation. Macro and micro furries make up the majority of my friends. They've all been so great to me, and instead of hating myself for it, I'm happy to share the interest. 
yes, I like being a little panda cat who gets stepped on or gives paw rubs and paw hugs because interacting as my character has led me to some very great friends. Mm. True friends. The very thing I was slowly killing myself over for liking has actually made me a much happier person. Funny how that works. I'm but serious. Yeah, Psychologists can't say things like that to people. Yeah, I... Well, yeah. Um, That's like malpractice. That's. I'm pretty sure that actually technically would be considered malpractice. Like, you can't have a psychologist say, that makes you kind of a freak. Where is Taurus? It didn't say him. it was a psychologist, it was a therapist. It was a therapist. And so it's kind of a fine line. I'm not sure what know. legally, well, I mean, like, there may be a, I mean, obviously a therapist is not going to have an MD, so. I just or, have to say, um, Ganny, you remind me of myself so much. So, so much. I thank you very, very much for sending this email. Because it touched my heart in a way that I, I'm not sure if it touched anyone else. Like, oh no, like it this, but definitely oh did. Honestly, gosh. I. That's I'll, how I'll it be, was. I'll, I'll be honest here. I don't read most of the emails until I actually get on the show because I like to react to them. <laughs> yeah, naturally, that's, that's you know, I'd like to uh, to have a genuine reaction to them. Right. Um, and it some just, of that, some of that was a little tough to read. <laughs> yeah. Just now. It's just that's. That's almost despite the fact that you went to a therapist and things. I mean, I I hated myself because I liked something that everyone thought was so weird, and I was trying so hard to make myself different, and it never worked, and I didn't know why. And then, yeah, there's a whole story behind that. But basically, we're more alike than I I think you or I even know. And I think me personally, I got a lot of that out of the way when I was just going through my whole coming out as a gay person since I didn't really come into the interest of being a furry or even really a macro micro until a little later. Um, I, I was a little more able to handle it then in my 20s than I would have probably been in my teens. Yeah, um, high school was bad. <laughs> yeah. I actually do uh, want to go back and do it, though. I want to redo it. Sure and, everyone does and, it. and as conflicting as, as coming out as a gay man in a conservative Christian high school and family um, was it I, I honestly don't even look back on those times as being horrible times like I had friends that I consider close friends that knew I was gay and that yes they they had qualms with it I guess um, but eventually they all kind of came around with it and mm-hmm. I I guess I just want to – I'm truly grateful for the fact that as conflicting as that part was for me, mm-hmm. I know it could have been a lot worse. I know that there's other people out there who have probably had it a lot worse. Yeah. Um, so – I keep reminding myself of that too. Like yeah. it, not, it happened kind of quick for me too. Like the whole – accepting and being comfortable in my fur thing it happened pretty quick when i look back like it felt like such a long time but when i look back at it i learned so many things so quickly at age of 19 like there's some people who don't realize things i guess and i'm not trying to claim wisdom or anything but it's it's like everyone's kind of in their own little world there's some people who are that way until they're like their 40s and things mm-hmm and That's everyone's amazing. gonna have their own speed of, of transformation yes. in that regard, or their own speed of mine was super themselves. fast. <laughs> Gosh. Um, but nature. honestly, the a lot of it is also just making that decision to, like, like Annie was saying, to not suffer uh, to just let go of the self-inflicted punishment and accept yeah. it. 
the, the minute you stop relying on other people to think for you, that's when you start to grow up. That's when you start to basically become who you were made to be and who you are and meant to be and things because it's – or who you want to be. It's when you when you no longer look at outside sources and be like, oh, that's what defines me. And when you pull it in and you're like, what do I like? What makes me happy? That's it's developing it, self-worth. Yes. It's, and it's, I had none of that, and I know how you feel, Ganny, because I had zero self-confidence. None. Zilch. And it just – man, that email just – I'm going to cry. <laughs> Uh, so just finishing up, it says, so yeah, that's pretty much how I discovered it. And now I see a podcast with three amazing guys celebrating the very thing I enjoy so much now. You guys are inspiring. Seriously, Aww. if I had come across this when I was going through all that, maybe I would have been inspired enough to accept myself and my interests sooner. That's how great what you're doing is. Please keep it up. Keep being the inspirations that you all are. Thank you so much. Hugs your boss. I think we should end the episode now because that's why we do it. <laughs> Kidding. That one for last, but he's yeah. the one who wrote in the quickest. <laughs> as far as well, you have the magical power of editing. Rar. Rar. So we got another email coming in. Uh, Kenson, do you want to go ahead and read the next one? Yes, from Misty Crom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good boy. Yay! <laughs> I did a thing. Okay. Coming right, in from Misty Crom. He says. Like with a lot of us, one part of my macro-micro love comes from having always particularly enjoyed the growth-slash-shrink episodes of cartoons. Like Ninja Turtles, which were called Hero Turtles over here, by the way. What? Real, really? Real fast, where is he from again? He's from the UK. Okay. That's interesting. Hero Turtles? Um, do you know that um, uh, Mega Man is called Rockman? Well, yeah, that's Japan, that's in yeah. Japan that's as original. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah, the, I, when I'm I first read that, too, I'm like, I'm like, Hero Turtles? Interesting. Why do they change the name of stuff in different – anyway. Um, because, I mean, it's just cultural yeah. differences. You know, things are going to play well better. That's um, true. In, that, uh, yeah, okay. In one place. Like a classic yeah. example is kind of the thing that they bring up in uh, Pulp Fiction. A quarter pounder with cheese isn't going to play very well in a country that uses the metric system. So It's the Royale, the Royale with cheese. I mean, did you know Pac-Man were originally going to be called Puck-Man? But they thought it was too easy to deface. That's actually from – they say that in Scott Pilgrim. So They really say that in Scott Pilgrim? Yeah, in the movie. They, <laughs> that's one of the I things that – That's one uh. of the things that uh, Scott tries to say to Ramona to make him seem cool at the party when it's totally nerdy. I – you guys keep mentioning things that I still need to either do slash watch That movie's been play. out for like five years at this point, Kenson. I know. I – and again, I was a hermit for like 19 years of my life and didn't do anything social, didn't know about anything going on in the world hardly. Then what was your excuse for Pacific Rim? For Pacific Rim? Absolutely nothing. That's why I spent several months in torture. Okay, moving on. Um <laughs> – Alright, uh, Ninja Turtles, which are called Hero Turtles, over here, by the way. Hulk, Defenders of Earth, pretty much everything, as well as things like Smurfs, Pawpaws, Biscuits, Fraggle Rock, and probably several, another several identikit-ish cartoons. Okay, wait, 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 I know what Smurfs and Fraggle Rock are. What are Pawpaws and Biscuits? I'm not sure. Those are probably other things. Well, Pawpaws are these things that you walk around with, and Biscuits are things that taste delicious with gravy. Okay. Moving on. Or if you're in the Wrong UK, they're, they're, they're cookies. <laughs> That's true. Wrong Biscuits, Kenson. Oh yeah, that's right. I I want to go over across across the pond to Europe for instance. Things moving on. And, and when you do that, make sure you use that accent because I'm sure they love Americans coming over there and oh, making yay! pretend like they have a British I accent. Will, I will not return with all of my spots if I do that. <laughs> I'll actually probably return with more, but they'll be purple. Um, 
Though I do also remember earlier still probably, maybe back uh, when I was maybe four to six, a gorgeously il- illustrated fairy tale book I had which had three stories in it, my favorite of which was the, t- the Tinderbox, about the gradually bigger and bigger dogs, which were of course all illustrated beautifully. I pretty much started writing little stories back in primary school, I think that's what you would call elementary, yes. when I was maybe nine. Uh, and even back then, often they'd feature growth or giants or dinosaurs, etc. in some way. Then came secondary school, and I discovered a place called the library, quote-unquote. <gasps> this was uh, still pre-internet, about 1991 to 1993, uh, where I found books of giant stories and whatnot, and an Asterix book, uh, which looked like it did, but didn't, because I had a, because it had a giant baby on the cover. I... I think it was Asterix, anyways. Yeah, we're going to have to Google search this stuff. I'm sorry, Miss. All these European things. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Animals of... I know Farthing Wood, I believe. I've heard of it, at least. Animals of Farthing Wood. That that is somewhat familiar. Asterix, or the Adventures of Asterix, in French, Asterix, or Asterix, Asterix, Le Gold du Do, is a series of French comics written by René Gorsini and illustrated by Albert Erduzio. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a French thing. Wee wee. I thought the English um, were supposed to hate the French. Huh? I love uh, everybody. I want to cuddle. Well, you're not way. English. I have cuddled, I have cuddled the world. Are they supposed to fart in their general direction? I fart in your general direction. <laughs> Wait a minute. No Canada, that the... like French Canada, it's the best Canada in the last. Gosh, duh. And I just threw a Russian word in there just, just cause. Okay. So, and Animals of Farthing Wood ber- uh, books, which were the main reason I wound up a furry, since I wrote a lot of fanfic of them, which almost instantly turned macro-micro in nature, including effectively a 200-plus page novel, which I lost the second half of due to a disc error. Always have backups. My gosh, it was a full floppy disc. Wow. Now, was that uh, floppy as in the ones you could fold up and put in your pocket, the five and a quarter inch? Or, uh, I think by 93, 94, it should have probably been a three and a half inch. Which yeah, the hard floppies, casing. The yeah. not floppy floppies. Uh, yeah, with the ironic floppies. I don't know. They might. They probably still had the big ones. Um, one document it was on paper, but I changed it so much in typing it up, I couldn't have retyped it. Uh, I was at college when it happened in class. I wanted to cry, but I had a hold of it. I just sat staring numbly at the screen for what felt like ages in disbelief. Around the beginning of the millennium, we, as in my family, got a computer uh, and internet. Now back then, the bloody roar games were still coming out, and I loved them. Can't think why. <laughs> Uh, and one time I looked up uh, Zoanthropes, or Zoanthropes, Zoanthropes I believe is the first one, uh, mm. which is what those games called Anthros, and actually works just as well, looking for sexy art of a few of the characters, and then looking for art slash pics of them as giants. Now, this was before I'd even heard of furry, or the terms of macro and micro, yet by pure luck, I wound up on a macro furry art site. The name slash artist I don't recall, but it was a 50-foot lioness pulling a person out of a hole in a building next to the site's name. From uh, from the uh, from the links on there, I found Colt, Wolf Kid, Ken Sample, and of course Lofty Bearings and Macrofile, which that initial site was hosted on and VCL. Soon thereafter, I found my way onto Furry Muck, with thanks to information on how to do so on Erlen's site. I'd known about mucks for a while, but never been able to figure out how one gets onto them, and her site's uh, how-to was just perfect for me. From there, I pretty much haven't looked back since, apart from the times when I have looked back, like now. Ha! <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, real fast, how mm-hmm. long has Arlen been in the f- been in the community? It's been a while, right? Forever, a hundred thousand yeah. years. About to say it's like, like, forgive me, forgive me, Benny. Ages, like, like Benny style, forever ish, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> kind of like one of the first. 
All right, so that's coming in from Misty. Thank you very much for that, Misty Crom. Dragonia, do you want to read the next one? Oh, no, he wait! Wants to read, he wants to read the one after this one. So um, I'm going to read this one, which is coming in from Dragonsaur. Uh, at least I think that's his name, because his real... Yes, is, again, when you write to us, try to put your name actually in the body of the email, because otherwise I see your what is probably your real name in the header, and unless I actually click on it and see what your email address is, uh, I'm going to read that real name. I'm going with Dragonsaur now, because that's what's in the email address. And this letter comes to us from name and address withheld. The first time I saw a macro was just on a games forum in the off-topic section. Back then I didn't know furry or macro or anything, but as soon as I saw this picture I was hooked and needed to find out if there was any more. With some hand... Hard Googling, with some hand hard Googling, Googling, that sounds dirty. Uh, with some hard Googling, I found out the drawing was done by Cerberus on macrofile.com and spent the next few days browsing all the content on there. I thought oh, Cerberus was a writer. Was Cerberus a drawer? Cer- oh my gosh, Cerberus is also known as Tyrrell, which is also one of the oh. best macro artists that was. He doesn't do I'll much anymore. Oh my later. gosh, you can only find his art on CDs and stuff. Anywho, uh, on there and reading the stories in form. I still didn't really understand what it was and had to ask a few members specifically what the forum was a fan base of. <laughs> kind of like, Kinda what, like what, about, yeah. Uh, Benny was talking about the, the guy at the con. What um, are they a fan of? Fans of themselves. Yeah. I slowly came to realize that the whole point of it was the work made within the community like Cougar, Cerberus, Arlen, and Rogue, and that there was no overhead source like a game or movie. At which point I realized I could join in because no prior knowledge of anything was necessary. I love Yay! that. Yes, I know, right? That's why I cannot get into so many other fandoms. You just you just start level because one it, anywhere. Like 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 if you try to go to like a Trek convention or or you know a Doctor Who convention, you, know, you get the feeling yeah. and this may not be true the case, but you get the feeling that if you have not watched every single episode of every single series right. multiple times and read every single book, that you don't belong. And that um, you can't really say that with furry. Are we like Jones? I have to, I have to, I just thought of this, and correct me if I'm wrong, somebody like here, or the uh, forever awesome audience, are we the only fandom like this? I think we might be one of a few. I talked to somebody, I think it was maybe Sylvan, um, possibly Benny, about this, uh, and I think that there was a fandom that they were kind of bringing up that was similar. I mean, there is, there is kind of like the overall like anime fandom, which... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is and comic fandoms; those are kind of the thing. Is is that comics and anime are still have those smaller outside sources as subdivisions within them? You know, you're not having people making their own comic book comic book characters or anime characters for the most part. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's not really a strictly furry TV show or a strictly furry like video game. I I mean, the whole thing with furry is that that the you know people don't dress up. For the most part, as other characters at furry conventions, they dress up as <laughs> their own you characters. Own your suit, which I actually, well, oh my gosh, they dress up as original characters. They don't dress up. Oh, right. I mean, right. yet you may see somebody dressed up as. There was a Renamon at MFF. Trying to think of a, uh, a commercial a furry character, but yeah, anything like that. Anywho, Dragonian, our next email. I think first this was the one you wanted to read. Are you still? You feel up for reading this one? I will give it a go. He's got the vapors. <laughs> you can do it. He's got the vapors. What? I don't know. Kenson, I don't think that means what you think yeah, it means. Kenson uses phrases. We know this by now, Gregory. He uses phrases he does not know the meaning I'm of. I'm being re-educated, okay? Forgive me. I, I, just, I, I just... Don't use that one again, because that really does not mean what you think it means. Okay. It really does not. Uh, I mean, it, I can kind of see it being appropriate. 
shut your mouth. It's inappropriately appropriate. Move on. Basically, it means the same thing as you're going to murder all over this email, right? I <clears throat> figured that's what it was. Yeah. This one comes over from Mataki Wolf. Hi, guys. Long-time listener. First-time emailer. Thanks. I just want to drop a line and say how great the last two episodes have been. The end-of-the-year recap was very inspirational, and I thank you all for sharing your stories. It made a wonderful holiday listen. In that episode and in last week's podcast with Benny, who was an awesome guest, you guys hit on two topics that are deeply ingrained in enjoyment of macro, gradual, continuous growth and empowerment, and the question of what happens when you outgrow the universe. Double mar. These two things have been – aren't you the one saying that you don't like that kind of stuff? Me? Yes. No. No, 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 no. It it was me and Benny. I was the one – Benny and I were – I'm not going to say what I was about to say. Go ahead. (laughs) These two things have been integral in how I portrayed Mataki online for the past 18 years, so I thought I would share my thoughts. Imagine a macro who outgrows their home universe and finds that they are face-to-face with a collection of other other versions of themselves that have all outgrown their universe. You know, kind of like what I was talking about about the multi-universe theory. What would happen? Suppose each of those other versions had become their universe, as you discussed in the last podcast. If all of those versions of the same macro were indeed linked together into a collective, those universes could be thought of as individual cells of a larger metaphysical or higher dimensional super self that would continue growing as more and more individuals were added to the collective over time. Think of it like this, Kinson. Every single one of them outgrows their universe. And then they become a cell of a super being. Yes. Oh my gosh! Such size! Wow! Just, just here. Just think of Bliss from Free Lunch. Yes, that's actually exactly what I was thinking of. This, in effect, is what Mataki has grown into in the past two decades. Well, see, grown into. While it's definitely not everyone's cup of tea, it's been great fun exploring that idea with like-minded individuals, and it's been really fun challenge to see how far ideas can be taking once our heads stop hurting. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of see what she's talking about there, and it's not blowing my brain up. So I, 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 I was playfully. I feel good. Mostly. It helps that I'm also not drinking tonight. Well, like, uh. like it just, just looking at my, uh, my arm and my paw right now, and looking and seeing, like, hey, there's like billions of cells. Each one of those cells is a universe. What? <laughs> That's kind of what can, my brain's doing right now. I can like, totally murder? picture it. The question that comes to mind to me is. What it, what exists in the place where that super metaphysical being exists? Is there like some universe where like everything is made up of basically the nine thousand and one dimension? Like That's big, when you get to the pandaverse. I mean, it's, it it just ugh. my uh, question pretty, just becomes like what what exists in that universe? And Mataki, if you're listening to this, you should totally write in if you have an yes, answer please. to this question because I want to talk about this more. Thank um, you. To answer your questions about my heritage, my story is probably typical for someone growing up in the 70s and 80s, and very similar to Benny's in some way. Any cartoon with growth and it had my attention while growing up, of course, and while cartoons like Godzilla and King Kong were in the public consciousness, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm still getting my voice back, people, bear with me. You can almost, you almost have an email, you can make it. <clears throat> I thought I was the only one who ever had these weird particular thoughts about giant anthro animals all the way up through college. I even created my first two giant characters in the early 90s, right before the internet exploded in use. I was right. utterly stunned when not, I not only saw antho animals in all sorts of artwork in places like avatar.snc.edu, which, which I've never heard of and is broken. Safari cannot ones. find the server. Yeah, but giant <laughs> ones as well. Finding Ken Sample's old macro first sight around the same time was like being in a Twilight Zone episode where everyone suddenly shares your thoughts. 
I've been enjoying the ride ever since, and that journey continues when you guys, or as you guys do this podcast. St. Norbert College. Thank you all. That's what snc.edu is. Sorry, go ahead. Thanks for all you guys do in this labor of love. Hope to hear you on the pod waves for a long time to come. And immediately I want you all to imagine all of us surfing along internet tidal waves. Yay! Mataki, welcome to the Twilight Zone. Um, so you said it was like the SNC. What's it stand for again? St. Norbert College. No, but I think that just what the problem was... using his college to host... Yeah, it's- <laughs> that kind of thing happened a lot more in the early uh, ni- well, the early to mid '90s um, than it does now because right. colleges were really where people had internet and where you could actually have hosting. And they That's bought true. like all these computers and servers, and they let students who said, "Hey, I want to make a website because it's the internet," and the college was like, "Okay, internet is good. Here, make an internet." And they didn't tell the dean that they were making it full of Little did they and... know the original and one <laughs> true rule of the internet. But the internet is truly at its basest self for... The internet is for porn. What? The internet is for porn. What? Why do you think the net was born? Porn, porn, porn. Grab your dick and double click for porn, porn, porn. You guys are And the next done. email is coming in from... Eddie Crocky. Well, I suppose it began as a small boy, around 10, I suppose. I was very in love with dragons. In fact, I don't think it was very. It was just very. Just very. Yeah, he, put, he put very in capitalized, so I guess I know, but it's not, like, it's not like 17,000 hours. In fact, my dad <laughs> would take me to Huntington Beach's library to let me rent books about dragons, and I would read them every night. Dragon. Damn oh. straight. Around 12, my love for dragons bloomed a tiny bit as I discovered how to draw books specifically on dragons. Fantastic. I grabbed a pencil and tried, but of course they weren't very good, uh, but I kept drawing. At 13, I registered for DeviantArt, but at 17, I discovered Fur Affinity. Now this site seemed odd to me at first, considering I wasn't a furry. But as soon as well, I think you kind of were. But as soon as I posted my dragon <laughs> you were artwork, scaly, but same yeah, thing. that's that's still part of it. Uh, people seemed thing. to like it. In fact, oh, they started to RP that's... with me. I wasn't oh, sure how to RP, oh, oh. but they told me to use my character. Over time, the place was welcoming, and I still love it today. I met many friends in California yeah, who are furries, and it is amazing. Now I'm a macro volcanic dragon king, right. and I hope to spread my artwork across the galaxy. You will. Well, Eddie yeah, Oh, I've been talking with him a lot, by the way, on uh, on FA and things. Love you, Eddie. Dragons oh my gosh! We're the most badass thing to ever exist. P.S. Kenton, keep your art up. We must draw macro for FA for macros and mac- uh, for macros and micros alike. Oh my gosh! You got it. I shall never stop. And he like he's so sweet because he drew me um he drew me a little uh little doodle. And it was kind of like a tribute, basically saying, don't give up. And I'm like, you just, I love you so much. I won't. Thank you. All right. So, Kenson, you want to go ahead and read the next episode? Uh, next, yes. Uh, email? Read uh, the next episode. That is the second time. One more time, you were in the jar. Um, okay. Okay. This one comes from Matt the Husky. I'm Hi pretty guys. sure it's just Matt Husky. I'm pretty sure his middle name is not The. Um, okay, fine. Matt his Husky. last name is Husky. Yes. His middle name is The. <laughs> just like Benny Tiger. Benny Matt Tiger, T. Or. Husky. Dragonian Dragon. 
No. Chirp. Don't Zilla. don't get me started on my horrible last name. I'm still embarrassed about it. It's Go ahead. Name. Just like you're embarrassed about not having any wings. Go ahead and read the email, Kenson. Wow. I need to cuddle Dragonian first. Just five seconds. Please. Fine, I'll read it. Right. Hi, guys. No, 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 no. I'm reading it. Hi, guys. In episode 15, you asked what introduced us to the furry slash macro fandom. While I always enjoyed growth and shrinking episodes of cartoons, you know, I think that's what started it for probably 95% of us. Um, for me, but, it was but, back in the... Yeah. Uh, Read the rest of it. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Like, oh. For me, it was back in 1997-1998 when I was idly searching the internet for pictures of Digimon. Huh. I stumbled across the Shadow Lord Inc. website owned by Stonegate Shadow Lord and Dragonade. Dragonade? Dragonade, the web- yeah. Dragonade, okay. The website featured all sorts of transformation-themed pictures and video clips. I was strangely drawn toward the growth and sh- uh, shrink- uh, shrinking section there, and rewatched lots of clips from old childhood shows. From that site, I found a link to Rogue's website, where my interest in curiosity and macro continued to grow. No, that's a yay moment. And this is from where his Kenson's bow tie would start spinning. <laughs> yes. Uh, and from his links page, I found my way to macrofile.com, where I lurked for a year or two until I was more confident to join in with the fun. I want to say something real quick here based off that, and something that's not exactly related to what you're saying, but kind of is. The idea that makes the internet so powerful, and I think that allows it for developing a community like the Fred community, whereas before it was much, much smaller, um, is the the basic idea of a link. And it was something that we take for granted now because we're so used to it. But the fact that you can actually easily link all these sites to each other That's and true. form, you know, form a small furry awesome. network, and then that eventually, you know, links to everything else. And I mean, that's how you ultimately get the term World Wide Web is that you have all of these strands that are connecting to each other and forming this web of of, of links. Um, but that is probably. I'm going to go say that in my mind, that's the most amazing invention yep. in, in human so history. Uh, um, that, that may, uh, probably not in human history. That's the most amazing <laughs> invention, <laughs> most amazing invention of history. the 20th century. Yeah. And probably I of that millennium, I would say, of, of the, the 1,000 to 2,000 millennium. It's yes, and I, I definitely the agree with field. you. And I will go ahead and add that um, – Basically, if you have something on the internet, it will get viewed. It will get pop- popularity. It doesn't matter how big or small. And like, people will write in emails to it, and right. then we'll get like you like on if there. it's it's almost like not almost it is guaranteed. If you put something on the internet, anything, as long as you have it open to the public, at least one other person is going to look at it. And so that's if of the you get thing. at least two people looking at it, at least one of those persons will be it? masturbating to it. Uh. Moving on. Thank you for constantly and uh, successfully keep turning this into an explicit podcast, Big Brother. Kenson, we have we have something we need to talk to you about the show. The direction hey, that we're taking the show. Kenson. Giant penis. What's that? Macrofowl.com is probably the place where I met most of my oldest friends and is probably responsible for me being in the fandom. If it wasn't there, I could very well have passed the fandom by without knowing that there are many other people who enjoy the theme of size play. I think you would have passed it, but you would have indefinitely found it, I think. Maybe. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. It's the black uh, hole that just draws you in. That's actually how black light hole works, can but... escape. Mm. 
Mega um, Macro Giant Gravity Joke here. Yes, and if you are the universe, you technically are gravity, so... Uh, when I first discovered Furry and Macro, I was actually afraid of liking it. I thought it was almost like some taboo thing, which I shouldn't enjoy, but I kept finding myself pulled into that world. Same here. Uh, it took quite a while for me to shake those feelings away, but I'm glad I did. This fandom has been one of the best things aw, which ever happened to me. I love all of the people in it. Keep on growing, Matt Husky. Yay! Yay! Yeah. You gotcha. You betcha. Not gonna stop, ever. Alright, so All right. that brings us to our next email, which is coming in from... Antig. Hello, my name is Antig. I'm an artist on FA, and I've been a big fan of your podcast from the beginning. I'm glad you opened up your emails this week to the question of origin. Not EA origin, just to be clear. Oh, that's a bad joke. As it's one that I've been thinking about more and more lately. Speaking for myself, I can say that I've taken a a keen interest in the very large and very small for as long as I can remember. As a kid, I loved to interact with model train layouts. Legos, J.I. Joes? It's it's supposed to be G.I., I think. Now that's making me wonder if maybe there were J.I. Joes in another territory or something. No, but there were I don't know where they're from. Uh, micro machine cars and model ships picturing a world in microcosm. <coughs> As I began to get older, these fantasies became more elaborate, imprinting themselves onto my adolescent mind, and my very own unique journey into this odd interest began. I would dream of the size uh, portion from Alice in Wonderland of Gulliver towering over Lilliputans. And of Paul Bunyan and his big blue ox. You know, just real fast, just just interrupting this, sorry. Uh, He mentioned Paul Bunyan. When I first, like, read about Paul Bunyan, I had, like, the same kind of, like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Because when he was a baby, an infant, he was, like, what, 30 feet long or tall or something. And he, like, when he cried, he made hurricanes in the tall tale. So, anyway. Just interesting. I didn't know how to feel about these daydreams. I knew that no one around me shared this interest, so, like many others, I simply buried it, forcing myself into believing that it was merely a passing phase. Can't be contained. All of this continued until my senior year of college. It was then that I finally got around to opening an account on DeviantArt. The shift began slowly. I would gaze at the occasional image featuring size-related content, but then feel guilty about, as though I were doing something terrible or shameful. And then the infection spread. Finally, I stumbled onto the work of Pojojo. Pojojo? An artist who painted almost exclusively size-related content. Painted? And discovered... (laughs) Quit repeating these words as I'm saying them. Sorry! And discovered that there was indeed a thing called Macro. A thing? A thing! (laughs) A thing? (laughs) What have I done? Yes, thank you. No, a quick Google search led me to sites like Giantess City, Macrophile, Astor, and Vigan's page. And finally, and stop. Finally, finally no, you're terrible. <laughs> okay, stop, I promise. I had been aware of what furries were before, but like Wandry, I hadn't really thought they were my thing. <laughs> you were yeah, I guess that's kind of what I said. Yeah. Okay. okay. I told anyway. myself I was just there for the size difference. Incredible <laughs> artists like Dimacor, Scrum, Macroselli, Cooner, Jolly Jack, in- DNA, Cougar, and especially Ducky and Block. Wait, I'm you know, he's written like five artists that What? what? I'm moderately he's, certain that's supposed to be Scream just to give Scream his due. He's he's mentioned at least five artists that I've. And it is Scream, not Scrim, by the way. Okay, uh, fine. He's mentioned it's like five scrim. artists I've never heard of. Like Pojojo, uh, Dimacour. Uh, Jolly Jack. I've got okay, and the mention Blotch. Heard, oh, well, I, I, can't which, it. No, I, I mean, I, I don't think there's a furry alive who hasn't heard of Blotch, but 
I'm assuming that's just for general furry, because I don't think Botch does size-related artwork, does she? I wouldn't Do doubt they? that they haven't done uh, at least one or two. They they, they love uh... art, and they love doing stuff, and it's in the fandom. Hmm. I'm sure they've at least sketched something for someone. After a year or so of looking, I finally opened up a proper account. I've still never been to a convention or met a fellow macro that I know of in person, but I'll try to contribute what I can and when I can. Again, love the podcast, and I look forward to seeing what 2014 brings. Me too. Best Antig. Antig. Longest PS ever. And then, yeah, they say PS. <laughs> they, sorry to have such a long email. To make up for it, here's 30 more sentences. So, uh, I'm sorry, sorry, we're not going to read that now. Just one quick thing to throw story. out about, like, meeting macros and you don't know about it. This happened to me twice in my life, and it pissed me off both times when I found out about it. Malcolm the Bear lived less than 50 feet away from me for a whole year when what? I was in high school, and I had no idea. We lived in the same apartment complex, and we even saw and met each other and talked to each other, <laughs> not knowing who we were. That's great. Notice how Dragon can take even, like, an innocent uh, anecdote and turn it into a rant. I have a si- and- I actually have a situation, too. Like, I've had a similar situation. There was um, one of my friends who was in my youth group at church. His name's Aaron. And he's been a furry, and I've been a furry forever. And we used to sit next to each other and things in youth group. We knew each other, talked to each other, were friends, and then he moved. And then after I get comfy in my fur and things, it's only then that he starts talking and says, Hey, I remember you. Do you remember me? And I'm like, actually, no, I don't. And then we meet in real life. And he comes back to church. And I'm like, you were a furry this whole time? What? And, yeah. Here's an email-relevant one. Mataki. Akromataki lived in the city I was born and grew up in. Let me Texas. Yeah, you, you mentioned that. She you lived like that. a mile down the road from me. Wow. She's still in Texas, right? I don't think I she think, lives there anymore. You know what, guys? Do you ever just go throughout I a day? I think she's in DFW, and, like, isn't she? I know she's a Cowboys fan. Cowboys. <laughs> All um, right, we got. Wait, wait. Do you, sorry, do you guys really ever just go around and like in a crowd or something and be like, I wonder where the furries are in here? Like, I wonder if there's anyone who's a fur or a macro. I've done No, that. because I'd probably be the guy that would stand up and say, Hey, any furries here? I would do that for money and awesomeness. I don't know. My phone has 2% battery. Are you using your phone for anything related to the podcast? The emails. Okay, so should we move on to the next segment of our show? We've got two more emails here, though. Yes. Oh, God, more big email. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the next two are not that long. Um <laughs> Have you looked at this last one? Yes. I don't think you know what long is. It's not as long as some of the other ones. Um, does someone want to read Benny since I just read Antics? Yes. Uh, this one comes from Benny. I figured I'd send this along. Uh, it's not for reading on air so much as aiming at you guys in this cast. But we're going to read on air anyways. Gee, looks like we just stomped all over that. It's kind of our job. Um, the times I said, you're awesome, quote-unquote, and that... I'm honored to be on this cast, quote-unquote, are absolutely sincere. Oh, my gosh. You guys are doing an awesome thing, and thank you so much. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. It's fun listening to, and I love the topic. Keep having fun. This is awesome. Benny. I love you to death. I love ah. I love reading. And it's not just Benny. It's several people on Twitter. Right. Honestly, no, I love my, – my favorite day to be on Twitter is Monday. Um, <laughs> yes. Because I, I do is just love Monday seeing – Everyone's responses to as as things come up in the podcast. I know it's Misty Crom tweets a lot about it. Benny tweets a lot about it. Like as yes. they're listening, um, Kendall has done some of that, uh, and, and there's Mataki others too. Mataki does it. Yeah, and like um, like it's I just so Lamb. cool to be a part of that too. And 
Just putting a smile on your guys' faces, it just... Oh, it's so good! It's all so genuine and warm and fluffy and huge and raw. Did you just say, I love lamp, Dragonian? I yes, love I did. lamp. Are you quoting Anchorman now you... here on the yes, podcast? I am. Okay, love then, lamp. uh, Dragonian? Get out the jar! <laughs> I'm going to make go. you read this last email. Oh, I was... Okay, he can read it in the jar. That works. That's not fair. I have to do my rant. I don't have much You have yet to be in the jar. Fine, I'll read it. Because coming in from Kindle! Foxfire, Kindle F. Hey, guys. Just finished this week's Hello. podcast, and while I drifted in and out there towards there. the end, trying to listen at work the only time I had to cram, have to cram in a three-hour episode, I think the question was about how we came to the fandom. Yeah, that, yeah, you got it. Uh, for me, I was pretty much always a macro. Long before the internet, I was fascinated by the episodes of cartoon shows where the characters grew or shrank. Again, cartoon shows. Uh, the two the two shows most responsible for the furry side of things would have been Teenage Mutant Hero Tur- uh, excuse me Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ah! Ninja Turtles <laughs> what and Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mi- no, Mesa I've never heard of that both of which feature shrinking episodes. This is embarrassing, but as a kid, I would daydream that they were giants and that they were my friends, both of which sound lame now as an adult and yet apt as a No, they do not. I did that with Godzilla for the longest time. Still is. Lame. Anyway, along came the X-Men animated series, which opened up the world of comics to me, and so furries took a backseat for a long time. I was still attracted to the idea of giants and size changing, but I didn't have anything particular that I was into at the time. But then, there was this show called Road (gasps) Rovers on Kids WB. And I fell oh, absolutely in love with it. Jesus. Another show I've never heard of. Freaking, I freaking love you, Kendall. Oh. It had been off the air for two years before we finally got AOL. And I remember <laughs> two of the first things I ever looked up online. Road Rovers and Giant Wolves. Sounds like a good combo. Keyword, Giant Wolves. Takes Keyword. you to all the rogue. No. Um, yeah, I had never heard of a furry before I joined the Road Rovers online fandom, but it was definitely a gateway into the larger fandom as a whole. And as I grew braver, I started looking for more and more adult furry content, specifically macro. I had no idea there was even a term for it. Huh. And two of the first people I... First people I macro... First people I And two of the first macro. people uh, I found online were no, Wolf read it right. and Rogue. Gosh. And no. two of the first people I macro furries I found <laughs> I'm sorry, Kendall, I love you. He admits that he's tired, so come on, give him a break. Uh, I can't tell you how excited I was. From there, I found Lofty Bearings and then Macrofile and finally Pro Affinity in 2006, and now I'm writing into your awesome podcast. Huzzah! Keep up the great work. Work? What, what, okay, what's with that question mark, Kendall? Who put a question mark on the like, teleprompter? I feel like he was just, I feel like he was typing this quickly and he had something Another to do or he anchorman. was saying or something. I don't know. I think this is also like, when he was. This, this is from today. I think he's also uh, around the time he was. Well, uh, he does hold the record for sending an email, and just as we were about done reading emails, <laughs> so we may yes. have done that again, ish. And just to say, Kendall, about like something totally unrelated to the main topic, but something you mentioned: how horrible of a character does she have to be for them to try to let Jubilee control all of existence and blow up nuclear explosions and then turn her into a vampire just to try and make her interesting? Huh? I'm ta- we're talking about an X-Men. Oh, okay. But like... Wolverine oh, has claws. You... Okay. There were three TV shows that clinched it for me uh, being like the age of six to eight. You got Road Rovers, you got Swat Cats, and you got Godzilla the series. And Digimon and other stuff too, but those three were like the heralds. Kendall Roger just said Tom one of the them. Three hundred stories high. 
Godzilla. Go- not not that one. Well, that one too. Sorry, I was. There was yeah, well, what was the I one? Godzilla, Godzilla in the animated series. Yeah, that was the one that uh, Sylvan called the Scrappy Doo of Godzilla. Yes, it's it's very yes. true. Are these so adorable, though? My gosh. See, that's the difference between Scrappy and Godzuki, though. I mean, I have nothing against Scrappy, but Scrappy kind of got... Okay, you're, you're done talking a little bit right now. Um, Godzuki didn't really talk. He just grunted like Rogue. Um, <laughs> so kind of like how Scrappy-Doo and Scooby-Doo were. Just well, something Scooby I want grunted. Well, Scrappy had a, Scrappy had a voice. Yeah, that's talk. exactly the thing. That's what, that's what I'm saying. It's exactly Nails the same. Claws on a chalkboard voice. Which yeah. something I would like to say real quick. There was like one of the newer remakes of the Scooby Doo thing. They had this one episode where like they walked past what looked like a memorial of like a stuffed Scrappy Doo, and then Fred was like, "No, don't look at it. It's in the past." And then they all walked away. I missed what just happened. Yeah, I'm a little confused. Scrappy Doo is dead. Okay. But you know what isn't dead? The Size Matters Podcast. And next uh, week's episode, episode 16. No, you can't give away. Fine. Okay, so Bomba's going to be our guest. Thanks a lot, Kenson. You know, Bomba is the shit. Um, So so he's going to be on. uh, MFF Inside Jokes. The whole podcast is based on inside jokes. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> Mister stays in the jar. Um, what happens in the jar stays in the jar. Is that exactly, what you just said? That's, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Gosh. Uh, but our, our topic is going to be Dragonian. Uh, you're. I don't know how to summarize this, so you're going to have to go ahead and try to summarize this topic. So. Theoretical alternative. Earth You're doing a horrible job summarizing, summarizing this topic. Basically, no, wow, I'm, really? kidding. I'm kidding. No, but basically, it like would be uh, what what would civilization be like if macros and micros have uh, grow, you know, been there all along? How would civilization have skewed differently? Right. So basically, exactly like what I us? said: theoretical alternative Earth history. And like to us, it would be like. But you didn't, you didn't put macros and micros in there at all. <laughs> I would have if you hadn't cut me off two seconds in. But, like, guys, try to think about it, like, as more of not not so much – you can think about it both ways, but try to think about it both ways. Like, you know, us looking into a universe like that and then how it would be like – you know, it would be like, oh, normal to them-ish, quote-unquote. So, like, how would things work, whether it be normal to them or weird to us or not weird? It would be awesome, but, you know, awesomely weird. What we're trying to say is we're going to talk about how if Earth societies had evolved, if there had always been giants and littles as well as normal-sized people. Yeah, we don't know what we're trying to say. Just, just write in whatever. <laughs> um, but Next yeah. week we're going to talk about pie. I hope you guys like pie. Cause we're yeah, I love pie. You um, know what? Especially kind of pie I like is oh, Dutch apple. The Arby, 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 uh, Arby's turnovers. Oh. Now I want bust. Taco Bell empanadas. I was always oh. a cherry turnover guy. Stop but their talking apple about food. I have to wait oh, four more hours well, until my cheat day. No, but we were talking about the, this is uh, related to Bamba because you know he is. This is why we stopped talking about it before we recorded because um, he <laughs> works at Arby's and Kinson works at Wendy's and you know we're totally going to have a fast food war. That's that's the real secret topic is the fast food war because you know those those. Triples with cheese and the Baconators. And I want to freaking race Bomba in a sandwich-making competition now. I would it's destroy you both. No, you wouldn't. Are you kidding? I have I, I have the fastest Paul okay, on the planet. So let's see. Arby's versus Wendy's. In my mind, I, they're very close to each other as far as quality. I think I like both of them a lot. Um, 
But you like Wendy's more. I like Arby's. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Frosties. Frosties are too thick. I don't like milkshakes that you have to drink with. You have to eat with a spoon. Um, yeah. So I think Arby's wins on that. The vanilla, the vanilla uh, frosty. I will say I don't like the chocolate so much. I do love chocolate in general, but the chocolate frosty. I know it's the classic and everyone gets it, but I am way more partial to the vanilla because it just—it's so much more nummy. Arby's has its Jamocha shakes, don't they? Yes, I will agree with you, and I will actually go against my whole company and say one of the main reasons I go to Arby's: curly fries, Jamocha shakes. Also, I Gets believe Arby's fire. tends to have Pepsi products, whereas Wendy's tends to have yes, Coke products. Yes, that's also true. And that's a, a plus my for heart Arby's breaks online. because I want to have Dew on Fountain mm-hmm. so bad. Uh, but I need to work at Taco Bell. Kidding. <laughs> well, but Wendy's does. Have Dave Thomas, which is a plus, because I, you know, even yes. though he's dead, he's he's a real, he was an inspirational guy. He was a guy I remember seeing yeah. him in commercials. Just his story um, of, of being very interesting, and and Wendy, the fact that his daughter is still involved in the company, and is, now is she's the too. CEO, right? Yeah, is she yeah. the CEO? I be- she's she's high. I mean, she's you would high you would know her. more than high. I don't yeah, work for Wendy's. I believe she is. Uh, she's she's either, high. She's are you saying she? Are you saying she's putting high up uh, in the board? She, she's she's like moved to Colorado and things. has started putting. Uh, the the hash in her uh, hash browns. Yeah. That would make sense if Wendy's served hash browns. Uh, yeah, we don't. Yeah. Well, there are some some Wendy's that serve breakfast. We don't. Uh, there's some that have breakfast bars. We don't. There's some. That there's have also a Wendy's bars. like two buildings down from my apartment complex, so it's a lot easier for me to get to Wendy's than it is to get to Arby's. Well, like living in Ohio and growing up, Wendy's is also one of the things that's like Ohio heritage. Cause that's true. It started in Dublin. Um, yep. Uh, yeah, and I remember. Well, I thought it started in Columbus. Dublin's a suburb of Columbus. Okay. Yeah, and it's like that's probably one of, if not the most lavish, uh, lavish Wendy's ever because it's the one that first started it. And uh, it's right next to like a research center thing. And Wendy's and, like, does have a tradition of better commercials than Arby's. Not only the Dave Thomas stuff, but you know the Where's the Beef? That's a classic. <laughs> Where's the beef? I can't think of any Arby's commercials that have reached anywhere close of being memorable. Um, right. Other than the annoying good movie. Although, although we've changed our slogan like four times yeah. in a year. Wendy's commercials, I, I like the one that kind of have the Wendy character in them a little bit. Right. I mean, they're kind of like, they're like, eh, that's, that's, that was okay. Oh my gosh, but they're the not as good as Wendy's The radio commercials, good golly, Miss Molly. They're People so still advertise on the radio? I thought the radio yeah. all became like public, you know, NPR. Now, you know who the best like mascot for any fast food restaurant ever oh, is gosh. like overall, right? Grimace. Let me guess. No, I actually don't have a guess. Go ahead and say. Japanese Ronald McDonald. What? Okay, I'm this? googling this right now. Hey, just, I'll I'll show you after the podcast. Uh, too late. What about the breakdance in Colonel Sanders? Is not as powerful as Japanese Ronald McDonald. Uh, Are you talking about Japanese Ronald McDonald versus like Colonel Sanders or something? Like when they're at a convention and they're like they're facing off with like swords and things. As there's a picture like that online, I'll have to find for you. As as a Kentuckian, that uh, seeing that breakdancing Colonel that they did for a while for KFC <laughs> made me want to go take an ice pick and go find <laughs> David Novak, who's the CEO of Yum, which owns KFC, and just drive it through his skull. Um, I actually, I actually know David Novak. I served on student council with his daughter because uh, his daughter went to my school. But um, I just, I just thought of the uh, Six Flags guy now. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, the Six Flags guy is just a guy. Colonel Sanders is a Kentucky legend, and the fact that they reduce him to a stupid 
cartoon is just... It's um, the ghost of Stonewall so Jackson! Oh, gosh. Well, like, um, <laughs> with, uh, with, like, the Six Flags guy, that was probably my favorite commercial in that time. It's just so Those great. Those commercials got so old real quick. It's so good. Like, the song is Up and Down by the Vanga Boys, and I actually put it on my, uh, iPhone and my S4 and because stuff you're Because you're a masochist. It's so good. It's like, it's so catchy. I love it. I'm looking up the Japanese Ronald McDonald right now. Um, there's one where he looks really, really slick and suave. There's another where he looks like the Joker. There's a female version. Yes. Um, there, there's he a, is not there's bound a Gundam by the typical wing. Raws. There, he's there's not a bound Gundam by the wing, Ronald man. McDonald. <laughs> I love Japan so much. Anywho. He is not bound by the laws of Western culture. <laughs> God. So, oh, and there's oh, and there's a uh, Ronald McDonald with a Santa hat and a zombie look on his face, eating a bowl of KFC. This podcast has gotten away from me. Um, so that is going to be what you guys have to look forward to for next week. About, though, the Bombacast featuring uh, Dragonian and me and Kenson and Bomba. Actually, I just realized that makes. I said well, I said the Bombacast, so yeah, it would have it would of course have Bomba. That's three times you're going in the jar. What three times what? That you flubbed a line. I didn't. No, I I meant to say Bombacast. That wasn't a oh, flub. Yes, I did. Lies and slander. Lies. Going, you can't accuse me of a lie when I'm. Because you lying. just you just said thirty seconds ago. Oh crap! I said Bombacast. Didn't no, I? I didn't say oh crap. I said no. I said Bombacast. So of course Bomba's going to be in it. Uh, I'll play the tape back for you, and you'll find out that you're wrong. Can we? Can we be? Wait, can we let that tapes? be? Like, can we have that be? It's a really, it's music? a really hard editing. This is why it takes me four hours to edit because I do everything. Because use actual tapes. To the thing is, it's Scotch tape, so that's why the audio quality is not that great. I have a request. Not even magnetic tape. Can we have uh, the song? I can't remember the actual title, but it goes "Parla Parla Bamba" before when we introduce Bamba. I know Spanish and I should know what those lyrics are. Kenson is really wanting to make me be indicted on copyright violations. Okay, so anyway. I haven't sung yet. We can't end the podcast. You just sang. I haven't sung officially. Okay, didn't you guys both want to do rants or something? We're no strangers to love. That's not a rant. You know I demand my rant so be put in the actual episode, not the it, tangent it episode. It will. I'm not going to make a tangent Thunder episode anymore. Because Thunder has to hear this. Tangent episodes are is... too much to, to edit, so you guys are going to get the whole thing. Sorry. Because um, this is going directly to Thunder. It's going to be raw. All right. So, Dragonian, rant away. <clears throat> it's really fucked up that people keep making fun of me for not having wings. I have a medical condition, goddammit. I have scars on my back because they were ripped off of me when I was a baby because I have a birth defect where if I let them grow in, they would grow out deformed and I wouldn't be able to grow anyway and I would have blood clots. I hope you like making fun of people that are deformed and have disabilities, you sons of bitches. Have some fucking tact. That was the most violent, sharp, and disturbing rant that you've done so far. Congratulations. Yeah, I know. It was I believe, a I believe you reached a new level. Like, let's just let's, let's give him a hand. I, I've cursed a bit more than I intended to. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. no. It, you can't apologize. Not, no, I, apologizing no. for the cursing robs it of its power. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, Thunder, um, this goes straight to you. May I do a rant, too? 
Yes, you can do a rant. Okay. My jokes about you being a plant are botany. <clears throat> Your jokes about me being a cripple are bigotry. Okay. So. Okay, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going back to that. How is not having wings make you a cripple? Well, because he's a dragon, and dragons, for all intents and purposes, at least, you know, you are a Western, right? Yes. Yeah, I, so my, he, my character's he cannon has a genetic defect where yes. their wings grow and deformed, so they're amputated at birth. Right, and you have to, like, with a, with a Western dragon specifically, it's fantasy, but biologically, a Western dragon has wings. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. The only way that they wouldn't have wings is, like, what Dragoni was saying. If there was I'm not going to agree or disagree with that, but what I'm going to say is making fun of Dragonian for not having wings is the same thing as making fun of a kid that had his leg amputated at birth because it was growing to He's got a pretty valid point, too. All of, the, all of the diehard dragon fans of the world will probably agree. But, you know, you're not really a dragon. But, you know, dumb, stupid Eastern noodles <laughs> wouldn't understand what that means. Well, like, how do, okay, how do Eastern dragons fly? Is it magic? It's not a wing. No, what it is, is they eat all of, like, that, like, Japanese spicy food. So, like, they're just constantly, like, propelling themselves forward with farts. Oh, God. That's how they fly through the sky. They're just farting all the time. Japanese food isn't that spicy. It's Indian food. It's It's the Mexican uh, dragons. Oh, gosh. Anywho, Um, racism matters. Coming to you. Oh, no. Uh, Technology matters, actually, because the freaking rant I'm wanting to go on is about what happened... About a half hour before we decided to uh. record the thing. I'm sorry. I got to say it. I got to get out of my system. Holy crap. Okay. So I... There's I, no... The, the thing is, you don't have really anyone to rant at here. But, okay, fine. I was going to rant just at technology in general. But I'll I'll, I'll destroy a city. Go, okay, do your rant. Do your rant. Okay. And then I'll okay. tell you why well, your rant is wrong. Because uh, it's... It drives me nuts. Like, I I love technology, but it's only great when it freaking works. Because I spent, like, 15 or 20 minutes, and I'm, like, rushing around trying to get everything set up, and the router downstairs wasn't freaking connecting, and I had to restart everything. I had to restart the router. I had to restart my laptop and restart my phone to make sure it wasn't, like, getting in between the connections. I had to troubleshoot my my computer and my laptop, and I had to go downstairs and disturb Moro and Ranzu, who were playing a video game. I was like, hey, can I interrupt your Xbox Live? Because I'm a freaking derp, and the internet's doing something buggy, and I gotta freaking get on Skype because we're late. So I'm just gonna freaking do something, and I'm really praying it works. Technology, I freaking love it, but it just gave me the worst headache ever tonight. I'm done. So you realize what you just did is kind of like yelling at like a 98-year-old uh, old Russian woman for not making uh, sweatshirts on Babushka, your like enough Because your laptop <laughs> is like 20 years old. And... I know, and I, I, I'm not yelling specifically at you, Safira. It's just, but it technology kind of are. That. I mean, because that's yeah, okay, the yeah. that's the one weak link really in the system is that your laptop. <laughs> I'm sorry, is so old. I love you to death, baby. I love you, but I need to retire you soon. I would also kind of like to point out the irony of the contrasting things, where my rant is me screaming at someone and saying a bunch of curses, and Kinson is like, "I don't want to make you feel bad, and I'm sorry, but gosh darn it, I just it's so freaking <laughs> not very good." That's how this my is where we go. get. You better because, not judge. This is kind of what we said earlier you. that, you know, Kenson is full of love, Dragonian is full of hate, and mm-hmm. I'm somewhere in the middle. And you're full of uh, real full of yeah. reality, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really um, have anything to rant at right now. I feel kind of bad. No, no, it's okay. Just, you know, next time. Like, I can on kick the, you uh, in the shin if you want. Oh, gosh. Well, that would just make me kind of wince, but I wouldn't, you know. 
I, I don't really. Oh have gosh, rant about it. I just thought of something everyone can rant about, but I'm going to not say it because um it would ugh it would be bad. Hey guys, I just thought of something that would be really interesting, but let me not say it because it would. You know be what I hate about people? I hate when people will say things like, uh, "Oh, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna I have this really interesting thought, but I don't want to share it because there's it's gonna, gonna be a make furry people. on Doctor Phil. And it's gonna be Cybe. You happy? Oh, good fucking It's going to be Did you not hear about that? Did you hear about that? Wait, wait, who is it? Okay, Dr. Phil put out a thing no, I, on no, his I know Dr. Phil is. I heard, I heard that... Yes, Go on who, to Encyclopedia Dramatica and look up Cybe. S-I-B-E. Uh, it's just a rumor, I think, but there's there's actually on Twitter, a whole bunch of people are confirming it. it is like, basically, if Cybe goes on Dr. Phil... Would this be like if Connor went on Dr. Phil? Like if Fear went on Dr. Phil, uh, but worse. Wait, I thought... Fear's is a good fur. He's just a huge yeah. Cybe uh, okay. is Encyclopedia Dramatica at its finest. Well, that's why. That's why I brought Con- Connor. Never mind. So I don't know if it's true. Praying it's not. Uh, but yeah, I didn't want to bring that up on the podcast because we're kind of talking about happy stuff. Okay, where does Do- does Doctor Phil film out of L.A.? I'm not sure. Wikipedia. Doctor I like how when I look up Cybe on Encyclopedia Dramatica, the picture they have of. Is that, is that actually him? Or is but see, I'm, I'm not actually, I'm not, see, I don't hate anyone, and I don't hate Side. but going by behavior, it's just not acceptable. Like, if he's going to go on Dr. Phil, he's going to, because they don't want to actually look at the actual furry, they want the drama, that's how all news is. Right. I mean, I mean that's how, like, Anchorman but, but, like isn't that okay. what <sighs> happened when, uh, that, uh, didn't MTV like do Banks some show. sort of reality show? There was the Tyra Banks show, and she had furries on, and yeah, and then there's, you know, CSI did a thing, and then others, yeah. But, like, Dr. Phil is designed for people with problems. That's what kind of No, upset. it's not. No, well, it's not. If it was designed for people with problems, it wouldn't be on TV. Well, you know, it, it invites <laughs> people who have, like, either relationship problems or some other type of thing. It's designed on, for people who want attention. That's what it's designed for, because okay. it's a television show. It, it is just another reality television show where instead yeah. of going around and eating at, and drinking at coffee shops and you know <laughs> bitch slapping people at at the fitting room at Macy's or I think Macy's, you're but, I think you're confusing Saints Row for now. No, no. My point is it, they're sitting down in a couch with a big fat bald guy who says, "And how does that make you feel?" It's it's no different it's, than the reality show because it's, it's it's not reality. You know, it's as it's as opposite right. from reality as I'd any other reality TV. show is. Right. Um, I just thought of Scary Movie 4, though, and it made me giggle. Because, like, who's there? Lights come on. Dr. Phil? <laughs> Gosh. This does not say where Dr. Phil... Wikipedia is failing me because it does not say where Dr. So, Phil anyway, is. So, anyway, so, is going to be on the next episode. Hopefully my voice will be a little bit better. It's slowly getting there. Kinsen might to... finally say a curse word for once. No. No, he won't. I am going to stomp over there and deliver you lozenges and, you know, cough drops. I actually am trying it. not to take them anymore because I think I've taken so many of them, it's damaging my teeth. Oh. What? Really? Like, um, my teeth are more sensitive now than they were, like, before I got sick. Wow. That might be, well, I don't know if it's because of the general ache in your body, maybe. Because, like, I know when I'm sick, everything hurts. But that's <laughs> the thing, though. I'm not sick anymore. I'm not... The only coughing comes when, like, the part of my throat that's damaged is irritated. The only thing that hurts is my bruised rib, which I, isn't an illness. It's an injury. Right. I think you kind of may have, like, gotten really deep damage somehow in the spans of time or space. 
and I'm praying Enzev, for you. you can't blame me. The gestation period for strip, though, is four days maximum. It's been over a month since we hang out, so it's totally what not my fault. What did you He also get? doesn't have strep throat, but um, yeah. I, I blame nanobots. That's what I blame. Nanobots. I blame, I blame that goddamn son of a bitch strepto guy from Midwest I'm gonna blame Freeder because he has an access to a shrink ray and he could do you know evil micro stuff. So well, see that's the thing you can't fault. really blame him because I paid him twenty bucks to shrink you at the end of the episode. Anyway, episode over. Thanks for telling me that. Oh, oh right, and so that means that it's time for us to go. Got me. You can now barely it's open time to say goodbye <laughs> to all our so family. Long. Farewell. KWA. Good night and uh, good night and big pause. Bye. Next I'm time on Gate Grumps. Outro. You don't get the after this time. I'm taking the outro. No. Bye guys. I'll, I uh, Bye, have Nick. Panda Floof. Ever- no, I'm not good at the outros. Fine. Next Keep time on Gate Grumps. Bye guys. Panda. Dragon. Beeline. Power. Mega Kitty. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-